Sidelines with Jack, Tom and Kato. Welcome to the Sideline Podcast. Uh, I'm Jack, and this week we've got something a bit different because Tom and K-Dog not available, so Harry and Rob are filling in. G'day, boys. G'day. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's, it's great to be here, mate. Thank you for having us. Uh, so, the Brownlow just wrapped up two nights ago. What did we think of that? I mean, no shockers on who won it. I think everyone would have yeah. called Tom Mitchell by the end of the year, um, especially with a lot of the injuries and suspensions that went down. It was sort of going to be hard for him not to win it from there. A um, few shockers in the runners-up, though. I mean, Angus Brayshaw coming third. Not many people would have called that one. Wasn't yeah. even invited for the into the <laughs> brown the itself. So yeah. A bit stiff there, but, I mean, consistent season for him. He, he played really well. Um, was a bit of a shocker to see him pull so much over the midfielders in his team, like Gorn and Oliver, I mean, Hogan, Petrarca, Nathan Jones. Um, so bringing that many votes with all them around was... A uh, bit of a shock, to be honest. And out of all the Melbourne players to pull that well, you weren't expecting it from him. Yeah, I'm not. I'm. I, I don't un- completely understand why he wasn't invited anyway. Because yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think Harms was invited. Yeah, Harms was there. Yeah. Um, Harms, Petrarca, I don't know how they Petrarca thought there. that Harms was going to pull more than Brayshaw. Yeah. I just all I saw <laughs> Harms as was a very solid tagger throughout the season, and that's it. Oh, Harms is a good player. He's a great he's, player. He was never going to pull more votes than Brayshaw. No, no way. I loved one of the things I loved was. Um, the light side that Brayshaw saw from it. Obviously, that tweet that he had put up saying um, thanks to the AFL for mailing through his third place, Brandlow. So yeah. it's good to see he still saw the funny side through it, but it, it'd be very frustrating. I think, um, yeah. But yeah, it is a big honour to get invited to it. So, I mean, yeah. polling that well and not even copying an invite sort of a bit salty. For yeah, well, yeah Jaden Stevenson got a call up over Adam Trelaw to the Brownlow, which I was a bit... I think that was because yeah, he won the right that stuff, that's so he yeah. invited. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there would have been someone else there that took Trelaw's spot instead. Yeah. Uh, they're all all-stars, so they... Yeah. Mm. All right, <laughs> I mean, mate. <laughs> I think it was a bit of a shocker just to see how much he polled over Gorn, though, one of the sort of premier players in the league. Yeah, yeah and... Just shows Ruckman getting a bit stiffed again. Side bottom over Grundy as well. Yeah, that one really surprised me, Jack. I think um, I expected coming into the night that uh, Grundy would probably pull the most for us, and um, obviously not. Pretty happy that you know for still to come runner up, but at the same time you got to feel hard done by a few one of the Ruckman gone or Grundy. Um, they had a great year, and you know what more can they do? Yeah. Uh, well, I was looking at the. Uh the last Brownlow medalist that wasn't a midfielder to win, and it was like Tony Lockett back in the eighties. So oh that yeah. was. It's too hard. You need to be out kicking seven goals a game, kind yeah, of thing, just to get the three votes. Yeah. Because mm. a midfielder's twenty-five disposals is apparently looking better than four goals from a forward yeah. now. So yeah, because they just look at possessions, which well, is unfortunate. Yeah. The last time they we don't look at the yeah. fifty hitouts to advantage yeah. that Gorn gets every single game. Oh yeah, yeah. or even the twenty-five touches that Grundy gets. Yeah, around Grundy's game. Grundy's but basically like, like our second, our fourth midfielder, yeah. or fourth rover. Yeah. Can tap it to himself. I think I think the last time that we actually got a glimpse of someone outside of the midfield winning the Brownlow was probably Richo back ten years ago when he came runner up to Adam Cooney. Yeah, that was unbelievable. And he would have been in shock too because he was fairly drunk. So no, I think Adam Cooney was in shock. Yeah. That was <laughs> Did yeah. you see the interview afterwards? No. 
there was like Cooney taking the piss out of yeah. Richo for it. Oh, was it? Yeah. He let him. He let him. He let him. Let him. Let him wear the brown though. Oh <laughs> wow. Oh, it's a no, I haven't seen that. Nice touch from him. Yeah. Uh, also on the Brownlow night, the goal of the year, Jack Higgins. It was a throw. Yeah. Oh, I I, it was a throw as well. Yeah. He, he nearly said oh, it was a throw. Yeah. In his speech, he was like, oh, I threw it around the post. Uh, dropped it. <laughs> he's, a, he's an interesting character, isn't he, Higgins? He's. I'll tell you what, he's lucky he managed to make it into the AFL because I don't know what else he's doing. <laughs> oh, mate. Oh, oh. <laughs> mate, yeah, he made the right call. Um, we need more characters like him, though. I think. Yeah, he does make it. We have we have too many players that are just so PR, PR trained, and they're just you know they give you the they give you the cliches. But then you've got Higo went up there. What did he say? His heart's going a thousand minutes per second. Yeah, minutes per <laughs> second. So it, it's always refreshing to see someone like this in the league. No doubt. Yeah, it does make it a bit more interesting for the post game interviews or anything like oh, that. Oh yeah, it does definitely. Yeah, because he's dumb as shit. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, got, I've actually got a quote from one of our uh, good friends who used to play with him, said he's the dumbest bloke he's ever met in his life. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> okay. I mean, probably not wrong. We'll keep that confidential, <laughs> but um, yeah. That we'll, yeah, we'll keep his name confidential yeah. just so he doesn't hate him <clears throat> forever. But uh, yeah. yeah. If Higgins is listening, I think you're a star. <laughs> yeah. Just in case. Share it to your mates <laughs> as well. Um, so... Yeah, leading on from the brown load, go straight to the granny. <laughs> we know Rob's prediction already, but uh, Harry, who do you think is <laughs> going to win the grand final? Um, I mean, based off past years, it's hard to go past Collingwood. Um, just the fact that it's in Melbourne makes such a difference to these interstate teams. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And for big clubs like Richmond and Collingwood, the, the ground just makes such a difference yeah. to them. So it'd be hard to go past, yeah. and I think it's going to be a bit wet on Saturday. Yeah, yeah it is going to be wet. going to play against sort of Josh Kennedy, <coughs> Jack Darling. Yeah. It sort of takes McGovern, in a sense, out of the picture too at times because, you know, he's a big he's a big boy. And uh, West Coast are a massive team. They are. They're, they're one of the tallest teams in the league. I think, that, I think sure. they probably are the tallest yeah, team. Yeah, they are. And I think um, the Ruckman <coughs> are going to struggle a bit against Grundy. I mean, they did well yeah. against Gorn last week. Yeah. So. Gorn, Gorn was very quiet. I think Lysette and Vardy did a fantastic job keeping him quiet. But I think that's more because Gorn's like the perfect Ruckman, but mm, Grundy's yeah. more than just a Ruckman. Yeah, Gr- Grundy can Like, I think as, just, a, yeah. as a pure Ruckman, Gorn's probably better than Grundy, but then yeah. as a player, just... At doing everything around else. the Grundies, ground, you'd much yeah, rather Grundy. exactly. Yeah, I think, I'd, yeah, I'd like to also add. I think I'm, I'm sort of confident as well. But you've got to go back to 2015 when Hawthorne and West Coast played twice, and yeah, um, West Coast absolutely killed Hawthorne. They were up at one stage by almost 70 points in that qualifying final, and then you, f- what they won by 50 points again. And then you fast forward to about the grand final three weeks later. And Hawthorne have just absolutely done a 360 and have just absolutely yeah. smashed them. So uh, that's one of my things that I'm keeping in mind. But, yeah, it's yeah, good. I, I, think it, I hope it's a good game regardless. Um, <coughs> I think I it mean, should be. I'm pr- coming in fairly mutual, so I'm, I'm not too fussed who wins. But I just do want to see a good game. Um, yeah. If it can stay close, then that'd mm. be good. There, <laughs> there's been a few shitty... Yeah. Grannies recently. Oh, oh, it yeah. hasn't been too entertaining, so I would like to see a good one. Sort of go down to the wire. I I would say that, but I don't want to have a heart attack. I think, um, yeah, win by forty. I reckon that'd be good. Keep me nice and calm during the game. I agree. <laughs> um, Norm Smith wise, I'm gonna go with Tigoi. Um, I think if he can get out on the run and just lead out throughout the game, 
I mean, against um, GWS, he was just killing it. He was everywhere. Oh, you saw what he did against Rance. Yeah, who's I mean, apparently the best defender in the league. Yeah. Well, they made it hard on Rance because they made him actually play on someone, which yeah. Rance doesn't do. Yeah, so yeah. Rance, is, Rance is so used to just being a loose, loose player in the back line, yeah. just doing whatever the hell he wanted to do. I mean, it, it sort of sends a message out to the rest of the league on how to play them. Yeah. Uh, if you make Rance accountable for a player, yeah. it just tears into sh- shambles. I mean, yeah. um, obviously. Dusty being injured was a big effect. I mean, two minutes into the game, going into the forward line, mm. never useful, especially yeah. for such a like dominant player for our team. Yeah. But um, yeah, regardless, I'm I'm gonna say Dugowie to win Norm Smith. I think he has the potential to have a big game. Other than that, obviously the midfielders, side bottom, Pendlebury, um, and Grundy all need to step up, have big games. Trelaw yeah. as well. It's gonna have to be a team effort. Yeah, I think, like I said, I just want it to be a good game. That definitely help yeah well um for me norm smith was i think if collingwood win the two main players that i think can win it is uh probably still side bottom and adam trelaw i'm with imagine if mason cox wins with norm smith can you imagine that yeah that would be just unbelievable. it's gonna be really interesting to see how he goes yeah. no it, friday night i was in shock every time he marked it or got near the ball he he just clunked onto it and well, the reason why I was shocked is that in the following weeks, maybe the last couple of weeks before that, he couldn't mark the ball. Every single thing that came to him in the West Coast game, he dropped. Same goes for the GWS game. I think this is probably the last last Friday night was probably the first time that I've seen Mason Cox probably back in form since, oh, it'd have to be round 17, round 18 against Essendon. So it's, it has been a fair, fair while between drinks for the big fella, but it's good to see him. Form-wise, again, getting up there. I mean, it gives a good name for the AFL as well, um, <coughs> if it can branch out to different countries. Yeah. Um, bit of a off-topic, but, I mean, if the game ever was to go international, which it's going to be a bit hard to do, but it is good to get some international players in that yeah. actually represent the game well, and that can sort of give it a good name. 100%. Yeah, well, I follow this um, page on Facebook called USAFL, and they've actually got a league out there, and once the finals are over, he's going out. And uh, meeting and greeting with the people who actually watched the AFL out in the US, so I think awesome. that's pretty. That's what you want. We want. Cool. We want to try and globalize the game as much as we can. It's good for us. It's good for the world. It's a great sport. I think it's good to get it out there. Yeah, and obviously there's a lot of freak freak athletes out in America. So if the name yeah. does get out, I mean, it's not going to hurt. Yeah, a couple new more players trying trying it. Yeah, if 100%. it works for Coxie, I mean, who else? <laughs> who knows who else it could work? Yeah, for. yeah. yeah a couple more reject yeah. basketball players would be good. <laughs> Seven um, foot. And what about you, yeah. Jeff? Who's your uh, Norm Smith prediction, mate? Um, probably say for the Norm Smith, still side bottom. I think he's probably one of the most, yeah, well, I say underrated midfielders, but we saw the votes he got the other night, which yeah. is, I think surprised most yeah. people, really. I was a bit surprised, obviously. But, um, I, I think he's definitely one, if not probably the best midfielder in your team. Yeah, and a lot of people no, would say Pendles or Trelaw, but I think he's definitely your best midfielder. Yeah, he's, yeah. I think he's been very solid for a number of years now yeah. without getting a lot of credit for it. I mean, with playing with Pendlebury and Trelaw, it is a bit tricky to sort of shine because they are such superstars. But, I mean, it is good to see for him to get a bit of recognition for it. Yeah, and he has come a long way. He started out as a more or less a goal sneak, someone that you can trust down in the forward line. And he's sort of, I don't know, had, yeah, he's developed his game to now become a midfielder, which is great, so... 
Uh, speaking of uh, someone who started off as a goal sneak and then ended up as a midfielder, uh, Luke Dalhouse has been in the news recently. It's a hot topic for you, isn't it, Jack? Yeah. Uh, uh, he's, he, he seriously is uh, frustrating me a lot from someone that I used mm. to uh, love very much at the club, yeah. especially because he's a 2016 Premiership player. You know, always put his heart on the line for the team. And now I think he's, he's, he's I don't know if he's realised that he's not as good as he used to be or what he's done, but he's just gone off the rails and uh, decided he wants to go and live on the beach and <laughs> get paid Got shit tons of pay. money. Sounds a bit like Tom Libertori, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think K-Dog was actually saying to me the other day that uh, we should get rid of Libba and Dalhouse and just get rid of the rest of the cancer in the team from... 2016. Oh, that was his, that his words, wow. not mine. Very, that's yeah, very big call. I mean, it's a Clay Smith's already gone. Yeah. Red Path's gone. Yeah. Biggs is gone. So that party group that apparently partied too hard after 2016, the, the only yeah. person left now is Libba. But one, the yeah. difference between Libba and everyone else is Libba is a fucking gun compared to the other other players. Yeah, well, oh, yeah, obviously he has a lot of potential to be a good player, but he's just not doing anything with it at the moment the fact he's been dropped hard done boy hard done boy doing your knee too I mean yeah he's been stiff but like when the last time he had a full season he was number one for contested possessions in the league how long ago was that that was it was 2015 because he was injured in 2016 as well but when he was back in 2016 and he was at his prime he was an unbelievable player then as well yeah once he came back yeah yeah. Yeah, oh, in the final series he was immense, but that yeah. was everyone was. That was that was a team effort that final series. There wasn't I mean, there yeah. wasn't one person in the Bulldogs team that was shit in that twenty sixteen no. thing. That was they the reason we won it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you definitely wouldn't have called it. What did you guys finish that year? Seventh. Yeah. Well, That's a good effort to come S- from there. Still though, yeah. you yeah. want yeah. fifteen wins that year too, and to finish seventh. Yeah. I mean, that's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, you don't see that that often. Uh, getting into some trade rumors now. Uh, Stephen May, Rob, and yeah. Jesse Hogan. Yeah, no, what's that's your theory there? So, from what I've heard, I don't know what's happened with Jesse Hogan, but I th- the rumours are he's unhappy at Melbourne. I think he is homesick. You've got to feel also that I think he wants to spend more time with his family since his dad passed away tragically last year. Um, I think that may be a motive for him to go back home. And, I definitely think it is, yeah. Um, and fair enough. I know we hear about players, young players that are homesick and this and that, but I think this has definitely some really strong motives and, you know, I, he should... I feel he will go back home and this will also open up, I think, the Stephen May sort of saga at the moment. I think that will open up for S- Melbourne to try and get Stephen May, which is a very realistic chance. Yeah, for sure. I mean, wouldn't be a bad pick-up for them, just solid up that yeah, defence a little bit more. I think S- Stephen May and Jake Lee would just be unstoppable in that Melbourne defence. They would just be, yeah, they're yep. already an up-and-coming team. They would just make them even more stronger. Well, against West Coast, it was pretty clear what the... Well, they had a lot of problems against West Coast. They did. They but did. Um, they, it doesn't help when you have as many clangers as they did that day. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think shocking football game from them to be honest. Yeah. Watching it was actually ridiculous. You wouldn't think it was a prelim. Oh, I stopped watching it. Oh. I couldn't watch it anymore. But that's that's the thing. They beat West Coast. I think that's why K Dog's in hiding actually. <laughs> <laughs> they beat West Coast it, late in the season, I think, due to the fact that Kennedy and Darling were out. Oh when you take Kennedy and Darling out of that, that forward line, 
it just takes away their whole forward line. It takes away the crummers. Yeah. Because then instead you've got Vardy and Lysette trying to sort of control that forward line as, as the tall option. Yeah, and it's not really... Yeah. Well, just look at what you're trying to compare. You're trying to compare two Ruckman's, Ruckman that go forward to the Coleman medalist and, and Jack Darling, who's easily one of the best forwards in the league. Basically Batman and Robin. Yeah. I mean, if he can get a full season together, for sure he's got a chance at All-Australian. Yeah. This season he started off really strong and then yeah. got a bit unlucky with injury. Yeah. yeah. All right, Harry, you got some ideas for Carlton? I mean, as a Carlton supporter, there's not much to look forward to at the moment besides the off-season. So um, keeping that in mind, there is just a few things that I would like. This is sort of the dream scenario for the off-season. So obviously Dylan Shield, big target at the moment, wants to... Yeah come back down um i don't want to give away a number one pick so i want to make sure that we take um what's his name i've just gone blank now i know who you're talking about sam walsh <laughs> sorry sam walsh we want to take with the first pick oh yeah um i mean jack lacocious obviously looks like a star but with charlie kono in there already we don't need another center half forward um and harry mckay as well obviously looking to looks very promising so oh, yeah. Would like to take Sam Walsh, another just midfielder that looks really solid. Obviously dominated in the TAC Cup this year. Um, played for Vic Country. Um, but I would like to trade next year's first round pick for Dylan Scheel. Um, it is sort of hard to say on whether that would be enough to get um, Dylan Scheel, but it's worth a shot anyway. Yeah. I don't think... I think Essendon and Hawthorne are the other two teams that are sort of going for him the hardest. I'm not too sure what else they'd be willing to give up to get him. Mm. Um, they don't really have that much to give up unless they exactly. lose so, a player. Yeah, which I don't know how inclined they'd be. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Especially obviously if got better future round picks to give away. Yeah, exactly. If, the, if they're assuming that they're going to be finals next year, yeah. their I picks mean, aren't going to be very... Yeah, Mitch McGovern also um, seems pretty set on coming to Carlton. I think he's chosen us as his preferred club. So if we do end up getting a priority pick, giving away that for... McGovern to Adelaide would be the ideal situation, which obviously is a great forward to get. Um, very solid, and I think it'd slot in well with the team around Kerno, McKay, and just like if we can get a few small forwards in there, sort of get some crumbing prowess, uh, really benefit us. And then from there, pick up a few other sort of free agents like for Solo, get in um, a bit of experience. Obviously, wants out of Collingwood, and Collingwood don't really want him as well, so. Definitely benefit from getting that sort of an experienced player in the mid in the age range we sort of want twenty seven twenty eight. At the moment we're either too old or too young, and we've just been turning over players like it's nothing. Still a few players that we need to get rid of in the off season. Um, Nick Graham, number one, get rid of him. I mean, superstar in the VFL but can't do a single thing in the AFL. Carriage needs to go. Um, I think we keep Sam Rowe on for another year. I see a lot of people telling us to get rid of him, but I don't mind Rowe. Yeah, he's he's a solid defender, yeah, he's and he solid. he gives it his all every week. So I can't be against that. Even if we keep him on for another season, I'm not against that. But that is sort of just the basis of what I'd like for Carlton to do this off season. Sort of put us in a good position for the future. Yeah, um, it sounds like a good idea, for sure. I mean, Shield coming in takes a bit of pressure off Cripps. Also gives Dow, Sam Walsh, sort of that midfield core to sort of start getting together. And from there, it doesn't look terrible. I mean, Dow had flashes of playing really well this year. Especially that Gold Coast game. Yeah, really yeah. stepped up that game, which was good to see. Um, 
I'm not too sure on our number 10 pick, Lockie O'Brien, this year. He was a bit, seemed a bit out of it at times, a bit slow for the game, and just wasn't getting a lot of the ball. But, I mean, obviously still a young kid, so there is a lot still to go for him. But that's pretty much it for the Carlton's off-season. Hopefully we can pull something off and not just let us down like a lot of years previously. Yeah, well, I, that's that's my personal opinion. Uh, is The reason Carlton are down there is because of your poor off-seasons previously. Like it's not. I don't think it's because of your coaching or... Anything like that, I think it's because of your recruiting and it's just been... I mean, if anything goes by, if, if people are trying to say sack bolts, it's just oh, ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, you've seen the last sort of three years, like people wanted um, Hardwick out, wins the premiership, Buckley. Buckley. <laughs> Everyone was saying start of this year, sack Buckley. I mean, it just shows that you need to stay with your coach. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you've seen that Bolts has got a lot of good ideas. He gets along with the players really well. Yeah. Uh, just leave him in there. If we bring in a... if we've got a contending team and we're still finishing shit then get rid of him fair enough but when we're turning over 40 players within the last couple of years yeah. I mean not sure what they expect him to do you've yeah. got to give him a shot I think he does well with the team he has yeah. I mean it's I think we've turned our drafting and stuff around as well previous years yeah it's um, it's on the up since yeah sort of a while ago but yeah struggled to get a full preseason in struggled with injury and then we've been throwing him around in weird positions I mean, it's not going to help his development, putting him in full forward and that kind of stuff. But you've seen when they get him in the VFL, he's absolutely dominated the game. He just needs to get healthy, sort of get his confidence up as well. Yeah. I mean, he's got the skills to play in the AFL, so hopefully we can see something, a bit of a breakout season from him this year. Yeah, so uh, with that, we'll move on to the A-League, which is starting... When's it starting, Rob? Uh, two weeks from now, I'm pretty sure. Two weeks. Yeah. So, we're getting close. So, uh, our team, Melbourne yeah. City, uh, we're not looking too good for no. the start of the season. No, it isn't. It isn't. I've still got question marks about sort of the direction we're heading in, especially with Warren Joyce. I think uh, just since we've become City, we've become this sort of we've, yeah. feeder club for for Manchester City yeah. to try even and... New York. But not even, not even for them to, you know, get players, for yeah. them to make profit. Like, that's just what we are to them, just to make profit. And I think that... that for the fans, that's not good. It's not good. No, not at all. It's how I see it is from what we were with Melbourne Hut to what we transitioned transitioned into with Melbourne City. It went from a family, these family atmosphere type vibes, to a very business orientated culture. But Nothing, we say family yeah. atmosphere, but also you know we were we had a good support base as well. We like did. We weren't. We did. We, we were getting. A, you know. AFL style cheer squad. We had some, you know, we had a good terrace. We had, like, everyone was supporting mm. each other. And now the terrace is in turmoil. Oh yeah, no, they don't, don't want to. <laughs> they don't want to support the club oh, anymore. We, I we used to sit in the terrace a lot, and I guess as time went on, who we seemed to move one row, then the next row, and then we'd keep yeah. moving across. We we didn't want to be with them. It's just like they they completely forgot about what was going on on in in the pitch and they worry about what was happening in there and it yeah. was, it's frustrating. Completely with you because we used to sit up the back and... Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right. They, you know, they used to divide the, the terrace by saying like, you know, the people up the yeah. back need to start chanting when we were chanting yeah. the whole time. Yeah, and that's frustrating because they... And they were trying to make us like that we were the enemies and then they started chant towards us rather than chanting against the opposition, they would chant towards us yeah. and I mean, make us... Last, the last thing you need is 
the supporters fighting against each other. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's yeah. just ridiculous, really. And it's going on from what just Harry said. It's become a trend these days. Not just us, teams in all over the A League, their fan bases having disputes. Melbourne victory last year, obviously, what happened with the Northern Terrace, how that disbanded. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not good. Well, the off-field, that's, that's just the off-field stuff. I think, I think we're in, in trouble with the on-field well, we stuff are, as well. We are. Um, if, you just look at the, if you just look at victory signings compared to ours, oh they've yeah, signed, they've everyone knows Honda. Honda, uh, yeah. Toivonen, who he's some people might not know, but he's, he's Sweden's number one striker. He scored, he was in the World Cup, wasn't he? Yeah, he's Sweden's and he number one striker. And he scored against Germany, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, that's right. I don't know how they've managed to fit them both under the salary cap. One of them's obviously taken a massive pay yeah, cut. Yeah, they've, they've got to. But um, oh, either way, they've done a really good job. And we've our it didn't say, it didn't say that uh, uh, delay it was our marquee, but no. I'm pretty sure he is. Yeah, I think was he? Is it a loan or? Uh, I don't think it's a loan. I, I think it's know. a. Yeah. I think he might be our marquee. But if okay, he's okay. if he's not our marquee, I think there's still some hope for us to yeah, be a decent footballing um, team. But if if he's our marquee, we're in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Well, for me, I think bringing in O'Halloran, I think from Rangers, that that could sort of help. He, was, he, he looks like a good player. They, that could help Bruno up front. I think he will be playing probably on the right, maybe playing behind Bruno as a false nine. I don't know. Um, but I think. Bringing bringing him in that sort of maybe helps out like with the workload for Bruno because I think last year it just seemed at times yeah it was just when Bruno was playing it was just Bruno trying to make the chances no one else helping him yeah well um, except when he was injured and it was Ross no. doing the exact opposite yeah and speaking of the devil Ross McCormack going to Central Coast I think that's a massive loss for us it's frustrating because it it shows that you know. Obviously, Ross doesn't want to come back to City. There's I don't think he was even marquee for them. No, was he? he wasn't. He was exactly. No. So, you, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you bring him back to City? He no. wanted to come back to City. He wanted to stay at City last season. Yeah. He went to Aston Villa, didn't play a game, no. and went back. Yeah. Aston Villa got rid of him again. So I don't know why we didn't. It's uh, try and get I him at least. I don't know what the hell's going on. And then you look at I've, I've been watching the Amazon Prime documentary with Man City. You see the way Man City are run. That's what I wish we would sort of, in a sense. Yeah, maybe treated like for sure. Oh, well, they've 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 gone from because they uh, the thing that makes me a little bit more um, you know positive about the city coming in is they yep. they were the same as us. Like all their they fans were, were, were worried about this Arab yeah. you know oil money they, coming in and yeah. buying them, and they were like, oh, we're you know we're a business now, we're not a football club, and yeah. then now they're you know one of the biggest powerhouses in Europe. Yeah, they are, and they've got an actual I'm, fan base. Like some of them are you know only just joined on to City as but that happens when you're a big club exactly right you're going to get more fans regardless of you know obviously we're not hoping to be the next Man City because that's never going to happen in the A-League that's not going to happen we're not going to be but you know at least we want to challenge the title we want to be the biggest club in Australia we've we've not even made a grand final yet is there is there like potential to still get a marquee signing this season or is it well that's what we're not sure about we're not sure if because we've signed an ex-Premier League winner in Richie Delayet and that's great Leicester but we're not sure if he's the marquee or not if, no, if, cause if it's a loan, it won't be the mar- he won't be the marquee. Yeah. But if he's if he's been signed, then it's it's pro- he's probably our marquee. How long ago did that happen? Uh, a couple, couple of weeks. weeks yeah. yeah. So like, not all of the information sort of been released on it yet. Well, I they usually when they post on Facebook, they go our new marquee, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. So no. I think maybe he might be the marquee. He might yeah. not be. No. Speaking on some better news though, Curtis Good, it's good to have him back. Yeah. Well, old heart boy. Yeah. Went off to. Newcastle played for Dundee, Dundee as well. Dundee, and um, as well as that, he had a spell 
at Bradford. Yeah. He only ended up in those... And Bradford got promoted, didn't they? Yeah, they did. He was there. They did, yeah. yeah. The only thing is that he's only played seven competitive games during that four or five-year span. He didn't play a game... Com- he didn't play a competitive game at Newcastle, but he accumulated seven games for both... Yeah. Brad- I think, I think yeah. just for the experience, though, because he's still, what, 25? He's 25, 26, so he can still I get... I think for the experience, just even, like... Coming back to the A-League yeah. after being he'll, there, he'll, I think he's still going to be a good signing. At heart, he was a great defender, so I'm only expecting him to get better and better. And, yeah, I think he can be a really solid rock in defence, showing that we've also lost Michael Jakobsen, which I saw as one of our best defenders. I think that was a massive loss. I oh, yeah. I don't know what was going on there. I don't know. That Who you got to win it this year, Joe? Uh, well, I really can't go past victory again. Sydney have made some good signings, but... Victory just looked too strong. Like, yeah. They were already uh, such a great team. Yeah, uh, right. And they've made some massive signings. So. And Sydney FC have lost Bobo and yeah. Adrian Mijewski. Who were their two best which, players yeah, last year by a million miles. I definitely think, as much as I hate to say it, Victory are going to be the ones that probably will be very close to being an invincible side this year. Yeah, I think they're just light years ahead. So when it comes to the signings and... Yeah. Unless we pull some, you know... Rabbit out of the hat. Marquee that's just out of nowhere. Someone that, you know, hasn't got a club yet. Has Marquisio got a club yet? No, he hasn't. Because he's a free agent. So I'd love to <laughs> see... I'd love to see someone like Marquisio at City. Um, I mean, Ronaldo, not a great start at the Champions League. So th- I think there's always a shot of City signing him, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doesn't help when you decide to tap players on the top of the head, does it, Jack? Nah. Yeah. What do you reckon, red card or not? No, I, I said this. I've said this last week, and the thing is, if that was at Real Madrid, Ronaldo would not have gotten that red card. Nah. This is this is why Real Madrid are one of the most corrupt teams in Europe. Yeah, oh, I hundred percent agree with you. And I think their pre- their president, including their pig of a captain, that I would one hundred percent. Oh, you, yeah, put to the firing I think, squad. I think, yeah, do. De Stefano's definitely slipping some money under the table here and there to UEFA and FIFA and even the Spanish FA. Um, but no, that was not a red card. He did that. I've seen a video of him doing that at Real Madrid and he got away with it. He tapped someone on the head during yeah. a game. For, for it w- well, I think maybe if it was... it was uh, If he pulled his hair, it would have been a yeah. different story. Oh, yeah. But uh, you can't really tell if yeah. he pulls it or if he just touches it. Because yeah. if he's pulled his hair, then he, it's probably a red card. Yeah, no, I agree with that. It makes it even more ironic that it's against Valencia, one of the teams that absolutely despise Ronaldo in Spain. Yeah, for um, sure. You saw the scenes, him walking off into the tunnel. Into I think there was, n- there was not one fan wa- not waving him off. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, I think that would happen anywhere. There's a lot of Ronaldo haters out there. Oh, yeah, no. And for yeah. some fair reason, I guess, but not probably yeah. not. Oh, he has a soft spot in my heart, but um. oh, of course he does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, talking about that, we'll move on to the prem now. Mm. Uh, my team, Liverpool, have started off perfect. Haven't dropped any points they've, yet. I had questions about them before the Spurs game, Jack, and they have gone away quickly. I, I'm going to put it out there now. I think Liverpool will break that duck and win the league this season. Bloody hope so. They've. It helps signing Keita and Fabinho. I saw something about... Oh, we've, we've just gone... We've, we've finally done what we need to do. Like, we've looked at our team yeah. and we've gone, okay, you what do we Chan. need? We need a goalkeeper. 
Allison, we need a unreal. we need a box to box midfielder. Yeah. And we just need to shore up the defence a bit more. Yeah. And we did that we did that last season really, shoring up the Sign, defence. Signing Van Dyke. Van, Van Dyke, Dyke and everyone questioned the seventy five million, which I would one hundred percent pay again, probably even more after what I've seen. Mm. Van Van Dyke is He's a big boy, but he's just so powerful and fast as well. Yeah. What is he? He's like six foot four, six foot five, something like and that. He's, yeah. He's powerful. He's fast. He can be an aerial threat with corners. He's unbelievable. Yeah. He's, um, a, he's a very good signing, and I think Joe Gomez has fit the role. Very Joe really Gomez. Well. He's been a slow one over. He sort of d- developed. A Especially because they thought you know really slowly, Lovren coming yeah. back from that World Cup final. Yeah. Uh, after playing yeah. for Croatia and doing really really well. Yeah. Joe Gomez has just come you, in and held his spot. You've got some really good depth in your defence, yeah. yeah, which which we, we which you haven't had for no, years. No, it, yeah, and I think now uh, it's gone the other way for Chelsea. So Chelsea, yeah. everyone's saying, you know, everyone used to say about Liverpool, mm-hmm. if Liverpool shore up their defence, they will challenge for the title. Yeah. And now they're saying about Chelsea, uh, Chelsea need to shore up their defence, and then they might challenge for the title. I mean, Liverpool aren't even favourites at the moment as well. Oh, really? His favourites? Yeah, Man City are at $1.72. Oh, really? So Liverpool Man City have already dropped points and so have Chelsea. Yeah, well, Liverpool are $2.63 and then Chelsea are at yeah. 15 So I think the I problem think is... It looks like a two-horse race yeah. at the moment. Yeah, well, Liverpool have got a, uh, got a pretty tough run coming up now. So yeah. I think yeah. if we once we see what, what happens when we get through that, if we win most of those games, we're going to be dead favourites. Just this time, don't celebrate in December, mate. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not a, <laughs> no, no, probably um, a good idea. Yeah, that win against PSG was unbelievable. I think that was a that was a great game. Oh, Bobby Firmino, mate. I love this celebration. Yeah. Especially after that gruesome injury. I saw the photos of how deep that finger was in his eye. It was unbelievable. Yeah, and everyone said he dived as well. Like when, the, they? when people watched no. the game, they were like, oh, that's really? a dive, that's a dive. And then the, pho- the, the photography came out. Tell you what, Tottenham fans are ferals anyway. Yeah. You go to England, I think, I remember speaking to someone when I was in London, they said that Tottenham is probably up there with one of the most unsafest areas in London. Yeah, and no, I've definitely yeah. heard that. Yeah, you know, uh, and West Ham. West Ham, yeah, I I had the pleasure of staying in West Ham, and oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it was quite an interesting experience. Yeah, uh, what do you think of United, Rob? Oh, it's frustrating. In the Pogba, Pogba Mourinho saga. It's uh, Mourinho is sort of making it out like he rates Pogba, but. I sort of feel behind closed door, the way I think Mourinho has been treating Pogba and a handful of other players like crap. I remember oh, he, he didn't, came He didn't let Martial go to the birth of his child. No, that is very stiff. It's ridiculous. Could be karma. Did you, know, did you see the video it's of him? Like, tr- yeah. as, as much as you know, football is life. There's things they, that are more important than your job. That's more important. And so you've got to let people do like the fact that you yeah. would even. Think about not letting a player go and see the birth of his child yeah. for training, or oh, it was was it a training or a game? I don't even know. But oh, either way, no, I can't remember. Doesn't matter what um, it is. No, great. We had a great start against Leicester. Um, obviously, that goal we conceded to them late in the game was a bit unlucky. But you know, to walk away with the three points in the first game of the season was great. And then to go out and play the way we did against Brighton the next week was, oh. Didn't know what the hell happened. Yeah. And then you go over and then, you know, home game, home game at Spurs, perfect opportunity to maybe pull off a great win. I watched I watched the first half. I was I just landed in Doha. So I got to watch the first half and we absolutely dominated them. Lukaku should have scored. He had an open shot on goal. He's been terrible. And he stuffed that up. I couldn't watch the first half. I mean, sorry, the second half. Plane lands about 14 hours later and I checked the scores. One of the first things I do when I turn my phone on. 
three nil. We lost three nil, and I was gobsmacked. Yeah. It was unbelievable, and it doesn't help when you you drew, draw one all at Wolves. I mean, that home. Yeah, it's as just well. just it, there's too many points dropped already. No, it's like two seasons ago, Mourinho's first season, where we had about 13, 14 draws. We had the least losses out of all the Premier League teams that season. And we still finished sixth because we had about 13 or 14 draws. Yeah, against teams you should have beat. Yeah. I mean, drawing one all to Stoke, you know, these Like, they weren't games, honourable draws. They, they weren't were, honourable draws, no. They were honourable draws for the other teams. I think I, that Wolves game, watching the way Mourinho sort of set up that game, that whole, almost that whole game, that whole second half and parts of that first half, we were trying to play direct to Fellaini, which that was really frustrating. Yeah. No. All right, so now moving on to something that's not really my forte, but you guys know quite a lot about it, the uh, NBA. This do- is close to my heart, though, this first topic we're going to talk about. Uh, Jimmy Butler requesting a trade from the, my beloved Timberwolves. What do you guys think? I mean, a bit of backstory behind it. So apparently the feud started after Game 5 against the Rockets, where they got knocked out, and um, Jimmy Butler wouldn't even go back with the team. And he refused to do a medical, so he went back to L.A. by himself, I'm pretty sure, um, instead of flying back home to um, Minnesota. So, And then didn't he refused to complete a medical exam that is usually part of their exit interviews. So obviously it's been going on for a while now, but I'm just a bit unsure as to why it's all of a sudden come out now, not when it was sort of prime time during the trade period. Um, yeah. I think the whole th- point of him going to another team... If he was to go to another team, I'd expect him to be the number two star. If he wants to be in a title contending team, he, he should be the number two star. So I'm unsure as to why he's going to a team where he wants to be the number one star. He's had, I mean, Minnesota built around him. Well, that's, yeah. And he couldn't get it done. Finished eighth seed. They're, that's a pretty shocking performance, having two potential all-stars. Obviously, Wiggins really down last year, but yeah, Cat still put up monster numbers regardless. And for them to be the eighth seed going into, obviously, a stacked West, but you'd expect them to be sort of fourth, fifth instead of eighth. Yeah, well, that was my, my first... The first thing that I thought when I saw that is looking at, you know, the teams he requested to go to is that he wants to be the star. Like, he's not yeah. Yeah. he's not looking for Knicks, a ring. Nets, and Clippers were the three teams. In every single one of those teams, bar the Knicks, he's the star. I mean, even potentially over Porzingis, coming off an ACL... Yeah. Probably, over, yeah, probably because I, I didn't think about the ACL, but... Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, if he really wants to contend for a title, I'd be going sort of... Oh, there's so many other teams you could go to. Toronto, Lakers, um, even sort of Portland or a team like that yeah. that have an established sort of team around them wouldn't be a bad option. Obviously, they have to give up something for them. Yeah, you'd have to give up. But if he's not... The fact that he's come out and said he didn't want to go to... The, the Lakers because he doesn't want to be sort of second fiddle behind LeBron. I mean, how stupid can you get? Yeah. Like, you've you got to accept that, that you're going to be second fiddle to LeBron, one of the greatest players of our generation and arguably maybe one of the players of greatest players of all time. And yep. I can understand not wanting to go if you think, like, you're not going to get shots. But with LeBron, that like, you get shots. And he's more than happy to facilitate to people. And if you get a good connection with him, it's, like, almost unstoppable. You saw him with Wade back in the day. Yeah. Such a, like, dynamic duo. Uh, really. Even him with Caleb was pretty good for yeah, a couple yeah. for a while there, so... Yeah. yeah. And that was just him and Caleb. There was no one yeah, else in that yeah. team and at I all. I read that. <laughs> yeah. K- 
Kevin Love and LeBron James, especially towards the end of LeBron's sort of second time at the Cavs, that they were probably they were very close. You know, they were seen. Kevin Love was seen as one of LeBron's closest friends within the Cavs locker room. So obviously, Jimmy Butler, he, he's an idiot. Yeah. He wanting to be the star player of the Timberwolves coming in straight from another team. For me, that's uh, no. He, I mean, obviously he's an established star. I mean. I think four straight All Star appearances. And yeah, he's had two All NBA selections, so he is definitely a gun in the league. He is one of the better players, but I think in the NBA these days, you sort of a player at that caliber is never going to be a championship number one player. Yeah, um, obviously you see sort of Golden State, a number of All Stars, but if he's going to these teams that have no All Stars, I mean. Besides from Porzingis, who should have been in the All-Star game last season, but got injured just before it, they don't have any All-Stars on their team. And the Nets, I mean, it's just a lot of mm-hmm. um, salary. Mm-hmm. So I think he's just hoping to land an all I mean, it is a big free agency coming up next season, so I think he just wants them to land sort of another star. There is a lot of rumours of um, Kyrie going to the Knicks as well as Jimmy Butler. They've sort of been... Rumoured to be together as a link duo. All right. Well, that would be a pretty good team. Yeah, exactly. Kyrie, I mean, Butler, Porzingis. Yeah, obviously, yeah. New York fans would have to be happy with that. Yeah, of course. But um, I feel the Lakers would be a good option. Um, even a team like Toronto, I've heard a few rumours as to whether they should try mm. trade for him. Um, sort of a Lowry for Butler swap. Oh, really? Right. And it'd sort of be going out on the last limb... Toronto going for Kawhi and Butler, but yeah. the pair of them together wouldn't be a bad option. And even Lowry, getting rid of Lowry and DeRozan, DeRozan yeah. yeah. But even Lowry to the Timberwolves, I don't think is a bad move. Um, oh, well, we need a point guard. Exactly. I mean, because so, who's our number one? Jeff Teague, Teague, Teague was, was and then um, who have you got? Backer, Tyus Jones. That's where. Yeah. I mean. If you've got him, Wiggins needs to pick up his game this year. He got called out. Did you see when he got called out by Stephen Jackson? I saw something about it. Yeah, so he's calling him out, how he's saying he's got no heart, how he can't. Because you see uh, Wiggins' brother had a go at Jimmy Butler. No. And it's sort of... Oh, so uh, Wiggins' brother came out on Twitter and had a go at Jimmy Butler for requesting a trade. Oh, yeah. But it sort of seemed word of mouth from... Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. So Stephen Jackson came out on his Instagram calling out Andrew Wiggins saying he's got no heart, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Saying you can't say anything about Butler, like he's given it his all, like you can't talk, you've done nothing this season. Yeah. You need to establish yourself before you're going to go talking shit kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, he's got a point to that as well. Wiggins had a really disappointing season this year. Yeah, for sure. Um, for a number one draft pick, expecting a lot better. Oh, definitely. Um. I, th- I I'm probably a bit biased, but when I saw Butler to Timberwolves, I still didn't think Butler was the star. I remember talking to you about yeah. it, uh, telling you, "Gun, do you see the trade kind of thing?" And you're like, "Oh, I don't know." Yeah, because I never been gone. Because I think as at the Bulls, I was just sort of looking at him, just like you know, he's a good player, but but like didn't think that he was going to take us. He doesn't. He, you don't see him put up big, big games. Yeah. Like he's just like a he's a consistent player. Like yeah, that's what twenty three points. That's what I was thinking. Just like you know, he's not. He's not gonna gonna carry you to a 
to a championship if you don't have the team. I think you were still hoping on that sort of slow rebuild, get another good pick. Yeah. I mean, looking back on it now, it looks like Bulls won the trade big time with the Timberwolves. Oh, yeah, no, he screwed us, Jimmy, for sure. Because um, we, we, everyone, everyone, I think other than probably me, was like, oh, you won that trade for sure, for sure. And then I was just sort of like, yeah, I'm not, not so sure about it. Mainly because I don't really know that much about basketball, but... The usual rule coming out of like one of those trades is sort of which team got the star. And obviously you guys got the star out of it, but when you lose in the season after, um, I think it really just is going to depend on who you get back. But Yeah, if we get someone back decent for him, I guess it's not really... His trade value is definitely going to be down though with one year left on his contract. Yeah. Um, and doesn't look and happy. And who did we lose? Levine and Dunn. Levine, Dunn, Markman. Oh, Markin, I I rate Laurie Markin as well. I didn't realise we had Markin. Oh, was he had a pick. Yeah, yeah, it was a pick. He was a pick for Markin. Yeah, he had a solid first season as well for the Bulls. Yeah, I think he put up a really good season, especially it's good seeing sort of a big guy that can shoot. Yeah, a bit exciting to the game, but he also did a lot more than that. Like showed himself inside. I think he's got a good future in the league as well. Mm. Yeah, for be sure. To see, but um, big signing. For Cat, $190 million over five years, the Supermax. Wow. What are yeah. your thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't really understand the salary very much, so I don't know what to say about that. What does that mean? I mean, it it's hard to say with Cat because he is really young. And I feel, even though he's putting up these really big stats, I don't know whether he's a player that can lead a team to a championship. And I don't know how much better from here he is going to get. I mean, he's established himself as a he can shoot, he can get inside and do all that, but he hasn't really won many games from it. And so it's sort of... Yeah, I agree. It's tricky to see whether he's going to be able to sort of put a team on his shoulders and actually carry them far into the playoffs. I mean, obviously, you guys made it eighth, but Jimmy Butler, big season as well, like guiding you guys. And I think he was a big leader on the floor as well this year, Jimmy Butler. I think that's yeah. part of the frustration behind him. So would you say that we would need to, you think that trading Cat would be a good idea or getting someone else to help the No, team? I think I think keeping him, locking him down, obviously he's a super talented player, so you need him on the team regardless, but... He's um, not going to carry without it, someone else. It wouldn't, be worth, it wouldn't be worth letting him go away for free, and I don't think he would have signed for less, so you may as well sort of throw everything you've got at him. Um, I think it's just going to be a big season to see if Wiggins can step up. Um, yeah, for sure. Obviously, it's a bit tricky for Minnesota because it's not a big free agency destination. Yeah. So you do really need to be boasting a good team to yeah. bring a player in. Um, I think that is one of the big sort of issues in the in the NBA: the fact that players just want to go play in the big areas. Like everyone wants to play in New York, everyone wants to play in LA, Golden State. Obviously, like it's still a nice area, but. Places like Memphis and yeah. t- and Minnesota, Denver yeah. don't get a lot of credit, and players don't want to go <laughs> live there clearly. Like yeah. it comes down to geographic location as well, which is affecting a lot of players signing around the league. Yeah, well, that happens in mo- a lot of sports, unfortunately. Yeah, it is hard to control, but I mean, I think this season will be quite interesting. Um, there are a lot of factors, I think. You just look at Golden State and it's hard to go past them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, they just... They wiped last year. And they, and they just got better. I've, 
I mean, like Western Conference Suns Finals. Yeah, Western Conference Finals, they showed a lot of vulnerability. And I think if Chris Paul hadn't gotten injured in those last two games, Houston actually would have won, to be I, honest. Yeah, and I that, that Game 7 in the Western Conference Finals also, I think it came down to Houston probably putting up one of the worst shooting performances in playoffs history in a Western Conference Final uh, side of history. Um, no, I think if they had made a couple of threes and they had gotten hot, then I think it could have been a completely different story going into that final series. But I think Golden State this year, just they're on another planet. Getting boogie, I think that's, yeah, it's It'll going to be, be tough. Interesting. Well, look, isn't that a five-five all-star lineup now? It is. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard to see how Boogie comes off the Achilles injury. Yeah. Mm. Um, a lot of players really don't come back the same same from it. I mean, Kobe had the same one, and that's the one that sort of brought his career down. Um, just for Houston, though, um, I think they. I don't know if they've improved at all over the summer. I mean, losing Ariza and uh, Luke and Mute, who are sort of two of their premier wing defenders who were key to sort of playing against Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant in that team. I mean, PJ Tucker is still in there, who's a really good defender, but Mello, a liability on defense, arguably. So mm. it's going to be interesting to see sort of how they go this year. I think Mello really needs to prove himself again. Um, I think everyone sort of jumped down his throat, though, off the one bad season. Um and I think it's, it's a bit unjust as well. He came in late. He didn't get to go to training camp with OKC. He didn't get to blend in with the team. He was no. sort of just thrown into a role he's never played before and wasn't given much time to actually prepare for it. But it will be interesting to see how they go this year. Um, but, I mean, Boston as well improved a lot with Hayward coming back. He'll have a, Hopefully he has a big season. It'll be good to see him. Are LA in the worst or...? No, they're in the east, so I think... So it'll be LA and Boston and the big teams? No, LA are in... Um, Boston are east and LA are west. Everything's in the east, in the west at the moment. Yeah, that's so what, sorry, did I, what, did I say east? Yeah. I meant to say west, because I oh, wanted to know if uh, LeBron was there. with yeah, so Golden yeah. State. So now it's basically Celtic are just... That only Celtics and Toronto are, are in the east. In the east, and then... Yeah. Um, I mean, Philly as well. So I mean, they're... I think everyone's sort of sleeping on them and just going, okay, well, Celtics are winning it, but everyone's forgetting Ben Simmons coming into his probably second full season. Yeah. And Bede's like constantly improving. Markel Fultz, I saw a video of him actually shooting and much it looks now. much improved. It's much yeah. better than what it was last year when he was at his first ever probably training camp for the 76ers. So I think it's going to be exciting to see how he goes now that... I mean, you w- you watch him. Can't, did you ever watch his sort of highlights from college? No. He was a gun. Like he just dominated. He'd pull up from anywhere, kind of thing. Shoot. He could get to the hole. Was really good off pick and roll. So, um, even if he's nowhere near that player, but can come out, sort of get a bucket for when they need it. They've still got a lot of the shooters like Redick and um, I think Bellinelli left, which is a bit of a loss. And mm. I'm not sure about gone back to the Spurs. Sober. Bellinelli went back to the Spurs. Yeah, he did. Yeah. 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 Um, just on just on Fultz as well. I think it's it was very strange to see him change his jump shot, transitioning from college to the NBA. But I think as well, 
they wanted to work on him having a faster release, but in the end, they yeah, it just turned out to be an absolute mess. Honestly, it was one of the weirdest situations I've ever seen in the NBA where there was just no information coming out and there were so many different stories on it. Um, some people were saying that he was injured and that's why he had a different jump shot and then some people were saying that he's changed his jump shot sort of to get quicker and then he's yeah. forgotten how to shoot and it was just a... Just a massive mystery, one of those, yeah. Yeah, it was a really odd season for him but, I mean, he's a young kid so it will be good to see him yeah. come out and hopefully do well. When um, yeah. As a Laker fan, obviously I hope Lonzo Ball does better but... <laughs> Um, just said today stuff. that Rondo is going to start. Yeah, yeah well, um, in the off season, Lonzo did his meniscus. All oh, right. So he's he hasn't been doing he hasn't been in training camp doing. I think he's just getting into the five on fives. I'm not too sure, but he's getting back into it now. So um, I think once he's back to full health and the two of them are sort of competing for it, that's when it'll get interesting. But um, as a Laker fan, I sort of want. I want Lonzo to get time to develop and do it, but signing LeBron, you've got limited time on him at 35, I think it is. Is he? He's about, yeah, he's 35 at the end of this year, I'm pretty sure. I mean, limited time on him, so um, we just need to go out and win. I really don't expect us to this year, but if we can come out and sign a big free agent the year after and then see the likes of Brandon Ingram, Kuzma, Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball all those young guys uh, start to develop a bit more and sort of really form a good squad, then I think we do have a genuine shot after a couple of years. Um, next season with big free agents such as um, Clay Thompson, if he ends up leaving, I really doubt he will, but Golden State do look vulnerable in certain situations. So, I mean, I hope it's not just Golden State winning for the next six years kind of thing because... It'll no be because so. it looks yeah. that way. It's just boring. Out of, yeah. Out of, yeah it's but apparently Kevin Durant rumored to come to the Lakers next season, but oh. it's all bullshit. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You can never trust some of the people coming out with the, their sources. But oh, there's there's been so I, many. I think also Kemba Walker. I think he's going to leave soon. Um, he was linked to the Lakers this off season at times. Um, I feel like he just gets linked to a lot of teams yeah. because they, obviously they want to get rid of him because few years ago when it was all those shitty contracts, the Luol Deng, Mozgov, uh, Joking Noah, all of them where the salary cap went up and they thought it was acceptable to sort of sign players to these yeah. huge contracts. Mm. Um, they really went out and just any like solid player for them that year signed them on huge contracts, mm. which means that they haven't been able to sign anyone. So I can understand Kemba Walker, Walker getting frustrated because he carries his team with little to no help at all. And, yeah, and from a... From a Charlotte Hornets fan myself, it is frustrating because Kemba Walker, he finally had someone that could sort of help him out la last season in Dwight Howard. And now that Dwight's gone, it's going to put everything on Kemba Walker back again. And it's just going to make things tough. And I just think this will be Kemba Walker's last season at the Hornets, sadly. I think he is a... Is he a free agent at the end of this year? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he is. Yeah, yeah so... I don't blame him for moving yeah, at all. And I, I think I think the Hornets front office, I think they they would like to start sort of trying to build a future around someone like Malik Monk. He's got great potential at the moment, but um yeah, I think this will be Kemba's last season. 
I think it is hard for them as well because they finish sort of just outside the playoffs in the East, so they're not getting any amazing draft no. picks that look like stars. No. And they're also not getting any uh, free agents or anything like that, so yeah, um, it's definitely not helping them at all, but um, sort of hoping to see them get back on track. Yeah. It is definitely a better league when everyone's competitive. That's why it was interesting to see sort of the bottom half, I mean, the bottom half of the playoffs to the West, sort of from three to eight, or three to nine even, with Denver just missing out. Yeah. Um, and for such a long time as well, the Western Conference, it was just so competitive. I think probably from the early 2010s, maybe even before that, you had teams like the Spurs who finished first or second and they're getting knocked off in the first round. That's just how competitive the playoffs and the Western Conference were. Yeah, um, I think the... Have you heard about sort of the theories on what to do with from the 1-16 to 16 no. in the playoffs? No. So. It's, it's an idea of instead of having playoffs of East versus West, it'll seed the top 16 teams, so 1 versus 16, 2 versus 15, so on, in sort of the same format, but instead of just playing, having a breeze through the East for the Eastern Conference teams, it'll mean that they have to sort of play against the harder West teams. It, it does get a bit confusing, though, so it it's such a big change as well for such a consistent thing in the NBA but it would be interesting to see yeah. I mean obviously changing up the all-star game last year was sort of the first step towards it and yeah, I think I that was a big success I, I really liked that format that new format was really good I think the, the all-star game was getting pretty stale I sort of felt I mean yeah. 200 points from each team is just boring when it's sort of a wide open dunk <laughs> yeah I mean there's only so many dunks you can see in a game but when you get to the end of the game and there's clutch shots and there's big plays coming up. That That's when it gets really interesting because that's sort of what you want from the All-Star game. You want these superstars to be competing. You don't you don't want them to just be messing around too much. Obviously, throughout through the first couple of quarters, mess around, like um, get some flashy plays in there. But to see it sort of get a bit serious in the second half and really try to tighten it up and having sort of a motive on the line, I think it was the winner gets to winner donates a certain amount to charity. So it's like, obviously yeah. you don't want to take the piss and lose and look like you're taking the piss out of charity. But yeah, <laughs> uh, it's definitely a good step by the NBA. And it makes it a lot more competitive having it sort of LeBron versus Steph Curry as well. So I, re- I did enjoy seeing that. Yeah, uh, so we'll move on to the last quick topic because we're running out of time. We'll Just, just because uh, our next podcast is going to be Post the McGregor Khabib fight, we'll do a quick uh, prediction. What do you guys think? Because I, I think Tom would get pretty angry yeah, if we didn't talk Tom, about it. Tom is usually the one to be on this, and I, I get most of my information off him anyway. But it's hard to go past Khabib just because he is undefeated and he's so relentless. Just his wrestling's ridiculous. He just gets them to the ground and just pummels them. So it is it is hard to go against him, but. It doesn't take much for Connor to win a fight. I mean, you saw him against Jose Aldo, just the one punch, and he's out. So Even against Alvarez. I think Khabib will win, but I want McGregor to win. Yeah, yeah well, I, I, I watched that uh, press conference the other day, and I actually thought that McGregor got into Khabib's head a little bit. Yeah, because yeah. Khabib was sitting there and was trying not to get stuck into the trash talking or anything he was sitting there trying to be calm pretending he wasn't you know getting phased by him and then by the end of the press conference he, he was, was trying yeah. to yeah. He's, he can't speak fucking English 
but he was trying to trash talk back. He was very fired up. He and was it, seriously trying to get stuck into it. It's a mental edge. I mean, like, yeah. McGregor manages to do it all the time, which which sort of gives you hope for McGregor in a fight. Mm. A lot of the odds are against him, but, um, I mean, he's just got a lethal left hand. Yeah. You know, people he's just knocked out with it. Mm. So I wouldn't put against him for I wouldn't put it against him for him to win, but. It is hard to go against Khabib, especially just he's just so got this mental edge as well. I think one of the McGregor. things, one of the things that made Khabib very unsettled at that press conference was the fact that Conor McGregor was waving that alcohol in his yeah, face, just and the whole time just taking the piss. He is a Muslim, and yeah. obviously, you know, you're not allowed to drink alcohol, and that would have gone under his skin having him wave that bottle of whatever it was. What was it that he? It was, was his own whiskey. Yeah, wasn't whiskey. Yeah, yeah. Pretty sure his that, own brand. That would make you feel very unsettled especially for yeah. Khabib well um, it, I was talking to Tom on uh, Messenger the other day and he was he was saying to me that he thought that Khabib wasn't didn't wasn't phased at all and he and you know you'd, Tom watches UFC like a religiously so mm. maybe Tom's right but right. from from someone who doesn't really watch UFC uh, I thought Khabib looked a bit and flustered. based off what I've seen of Khabib he doesn't react like that ever so yeah, exactly. For him to actually sort of get uncomfortable, get fired up, it was. Yeah, you could see think of it switch. as a win for McGregor coming out yeah. of the con- yeah. press conference. I don't know how much it'll affect him, but he did get the mental edge on him in that. I'd say. Yeah, but for sure. You could see the switch in from the start of that press conference to the end. Khabib was definitely flustered, yeah. and that's what Conor McGregor can do do to you, mate. I think he uh, he can bring out that sort of side that you've never seen. I think Eddie Alvarez, he's a pretty calm, cool dude as well, and Conor McGregor. Know, made him into a trash talking, yeah, arrogant. He he had a big head going into that fight as well, and I think Conor McGregor had the edge. So. Yeah. Well, this has been a really good podcast. Uh, oh. Thanks for filling in this week, guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks and for having uh, us. Yeah, no, we we appreciate you having us here, mate. Yeah, we had a great time. I hope you had a good time. Yeah, I did for sure. And uh, we'll see you in two weeks with uh, new premiers. And fingers crossed us. And uh, the result from the UFC. I think basketball starts in two weeks as well. And the basketball and the A-League. So lots of things starting in two weeks. Exciting times. Yeah. Love you. (laughs) See you later.